Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's day two of our scary topics in Clex Review, guys. And you are back for another live class. And I'm so happy to see you. A lot of you were here early. They were literally early, ready to go. We have students from all over East Coast, West Coast, International, Rep Your City. Let me know where you're from right now um, as we prepare for day number two of scary topics in Clex Review. So we're actually going to just be doing practice questions from the workbook. So if you have your workbook out, we are hitting the practice questions from the content that we talked about yesterday. Good evening, Mark. Good evening, Miss Regina. Hi. If you guys are new to the channel or just joining us, my name is Mark Cowan. I'm the president of Remar Review. And this is Regina, MSN, RN, my beautiful wife and the number one NCLEX instructor on the planet. Right now. And right. we are so glad to have you here for another NCLEX review. You're going to learn a lot. And this is right. going to be a life-changing event, especially if you are struggling with NCLEX oh, and man. find it kind of scary there's at times. Things, yeah, there's some things that are scary about it. Absolutely. And the purpose of this event is to take the fear out of NCLEX. Absolutely. We're studying with the number one professor. She's going to show you how to break down the content in a way that you can understand it, going over the questions, and also presenting you with an opportunity to get the help that you need inside the NCLEX V2 virtual trainer. And that's my, my whole goal is I want you to enjoy the process of preparing for your nursing license because it only gets better. But after coming to the free class tonight, I do want you to consider what we have going on right now, which is the V2 sale, right? And right now the price is just $69 for my complete course. And that includes books, that includes the question bank that includes the videos. So for my audiovisual learners or those who have struggled in the past uh, with getting, getting what they need, because I'm getting your messages. I'm getting the DMs that people are saying, hey, I am, I fail NCLEX. I want to try again, but I don't know how to prepare. When people ask me, how do you prepare for NCLEX? I love to tell the stories of the testimonials we get from nursing students who use the V2. They come on and they say, I did the V2 for four weeks. Mm -hmm. I failed four times, but then I did the V2. So when you guys ask me, how do you pass NCLEX? If I could give you everything that I thought was important, I would give you the V2. That is what I would give you. Exactly. So tonight we will be going over content. And actually, I modified some of the questions for tonight from the V2 question bank so that you guys can get a preview of what you will be doing when you join the course. Awesome. So while during tonight's class, you're going to see individuals saying, hey, Regina, Professor Regina, mm -hmm. I'm so glad. I want to tell you I passed NCLEX. I can't wait. Right. I may have been out of school for eight years. I've been out of school for 10 years. I passed NCLEX. And so yes. all of the testimonies that you see are from Remar nurses, mm -hmm. real folks with real struggles, dealing with real anxiety. Love it. Love were it. able to overcome and get their nursing license in about like three to four weeks, maybe six to eight weeks, depending on your studying pace. But the idea is that we want you to understand that with God, it's possible. You All can be successful in your nursing journey. So look, we're going to get started right away. We're going to say a word of prayer and I'll see you guys at the end for a quick devotional thought. Is that oh, right? I'm so excited about that. I Absolutely. thought it was coming yesterday, but tonight we're going to get the devotional from Mark. For so sure. this and we're is dealing good. with anxiety. Oh, we're, we're going to talk about anxiety? Thought, devotional thought ah, on anxiety. So good. All right, so good. Cool. Let's pray. Okay. All right, Father in heaven, thank you for allowing the Remar nurses to come and invest their time on tonight uh, to study content, to do questions, to invest in their nursing career. Um, Lord, we want to just present them before you and their careers before you 
so they, they can be successful and give you the praise, the glory, and the honor that they can overcome anything that stands in their way, Lord, if it is according to your will. Thank you. So we ask these blessings in Jesus' name. We pray. Help them as they study and prepare. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's right, guys. We are ready to get into the practice questions of V2. All right. They come in from V2, but they're scary topics, practice questions. So as we are prayed up, our minds are clear, our hearts are clear. Let's go. Let's go. But before I start, I see, I see, I was looking for you. I was looking for you. And then I saw it, a testimonial. Uh, Nurse Christina says, Professor Regina, I took my NCLEX PN. My practical nurses represent. I took my PN October 17th and I passed with 107 questions. I'm finally a Remar nurse. Thank God. Is there anybody else that has a beautiful testimony? I'm so happy for you, Nurse Peters. I'm so happy you came back and you let us know that you passed. These are the stories that motivate me. And I just, I'm just mm, so good. Anybody else? Testimonial time. Okay, let's get into the practice questions. Ah, I have one more. And you not, you guys know I pause for the cause because there's nothing better than this. Um, where you go? I passed my, Tracy, I passed my RN on the 16th and I am so happy to read that for you. God bless you on your new career field. God bless you. God bless you so much. All right, let's get into the questions. Who's next? Who's next? Okay, question number one was this, and I like to see your answers on the screen. Which clients must be assigned to an experienced RN? Which clients must be assigned to an experienced RN? Select three that apply. Okay, so here we go. A client who was in an automobile crash and sustained multiple injuries. RN, what do you think? Two, client with a chronic back pain related to a workplace injury. Three, client who has returned from surgery and has a chest tube in place. Four, client with abdominal cramps related to food poisoning. Or five, client with a severe headache of unknown origin. Well, what do we have? Who needs to be seen by the experienced RN? I see a lot of one, threes, and fives mostly. And I would say that you are right. When we're talking about the difference between a RN, a new RN, or an experienced RN, we would want to give the experienced RN the patients who need the most assessment, who are unstable and who need ongoing assessments. The new graduate RN should get the stable patients who require assessment, okay? So that is a little difference in a nuance that you might not have been aware of that I hope now you know. Let's do the next question here. It says this, in the care of clients with chest pain and discomfort, which task is most appropriate to delegate to an unlicensed assistive personnel? We talked about this yesterday. Is it number one, assisting the client with the preparation of a sit staff? Two, monitoring the client for discomfort while ambulating? Three, coaching the client to deep breathe during painful procedures, or four, evaluating relief after applying a cold 
compress. Ah, I like to think that we are going to be almost perfect tonight. I, I really like to think that because we did a lot of the groundwork yesterday. So the correct answer, number one, number one, okay, we are going to have that UAP doing the activities of daily living. Great job. I'm moving on. Question number three. Did you get this one right? A client who has frequent watery stools and a possible colostridum difficile infection is hospitalized with what? Dehydration. Which nursing action should the charge nurse assign to the LPN or LVN? So that's what we're looking for. Number one, perform ongoing assessments to determine the client's hydration status. Is that LPN? What about two? Explaining the purpose of the ordered stool culture to the client and family. Three, administering the prescribed metronidazole 500 milligrams PO, okay, to the client. Or four, reviewing the client's medical history for any risk factors of diarrhea. Now, there may be two that you would be thinking about. Um, you might get it down to two. But there is only one correct answer here, and that is going to be, did you guys get this one? It's going to be administering that oral medication to the client. Everything else requires some assessment or teaching, which we're not going to have the LPN or LVN do as a primary. So good job. I see a lot of you did get that one right. A lot of you did get that one right. Let's move on. Four. The nurse is caring for a client who has been admitted to the hospital with a leg ulcer that is infected with vancomycin-resistant staphylococcus. Which nursing action can be assigned to the LPN or LVN? What are we going to have them do? Number one, planning ways to improve the client's oral protein intake. Two, teaching the client about home care of the leg ulcer. Three, obtaining wound cultures during dressing changes. Or four, assessing the risk for further skin breakdown. Almost 2,000 nurses are gathering tonight again. And I see that we are in a, we're in the same mind because number three here is the correct answer. Just so we're clear. Obtaining a wound culture, it is something that is standardized, that's performed, that the LVN can do. We would like for them to do that, especially when you're doing a dressing change. Hey, everybody, come on in. Welcome to Remar Review. This is Scary Topics Day 2. Question number five says this, an experienced LVN LPN reports to the RN that a client's blood pressure and heart rate have decreased. When his face was assessed, one side twitched. What action should the RN take at this time? Number one, reassess the client's blood pressure and heart rate. Two, review the client's morning calcium level. Three, request a neurology consult. Four, check the client's pupillary reaction to light. Oh, I see a lot of different answers. Okay, I see a lot of different answers coming in here. And as I go over my notes, just check to make sure I'm on the same page as you guys. I have here the correct answer is number two. It is number two. 
Why am I going to be thinking that this is the right answer? Because when an experienced LVN gives me vital signs of a patient and do I have to recheck them? If I'm dealing with another nurse and she gives me the vital signs, am I going to check those vital signs? No, I'm not. I don't have to reassess the client's blood pressure or heart rate, okay? So some of you guys picked number one. We wouldn't do that because we have also been given another abnormal sign, okay? And that is the patient's face is twitching. And so if you have not um, reviewed your electrolyte imbalances, then you may have missed this important sign. Calcium is related to muscle activity. So when a patient's calcium level is low, you're going to see some muscular activity to demonstrate that. Now, I don't want to give everything, uh, I don't, I don't want to teach everything about it because I feel like sometimes there is a proper way to be introduced to a subject. And so electrolyte imbalances should definitely be covered, okay? When you're preparing for NCLEX, don't skip it. And also, because this is next-gen NCLEX, you have to go beyond knowing the normal calcium levels, right? You have to go beyond knowing, oh, potassium is 3.5 to 5. Like, you have to go beyond knowing that and talk about when a patient's potassium level is too low, what are they going to clinically present with? And when a patient's potassium level is too high, what are the things that you need to know? So I see a lot of comments in the question, why is number two right? You know, and, um, and, and so I would say that if you have not reviewed this, you need to get into the full program, okay? And that's why we're here. While you're doing these questions, you should be self-evaluating. Do I know this? Do I understand this principle? Are they leaving me behind? Why did everybody get this one right and I got this one wrong? That's what we're doing today. We're evaluating ourselves, okay? Because remember, NCLEX questions, they don't really teach you much, but they can show you where you're weak at. Okay, makes sense? Okay, let's go on to the next question. The nurse monitors a client who underwent rotator cuff replacement 24 hours ago and receives analgesics through a PCA pump. Now, during the nurse rounds, the client reports consistent pain with a seven out of 10, right? Why should, what should the nurse's first action be, okay? Number one, call the attending physician. Two, assess the location. Three, apply a hot pack to the affected area. Or four, give oral acetaminophen. What would we expect that first action to be? I love these priority questions based off of the nursing process. So we will have the correct answer be assess the location. Did you get this priority question right? I hope that you did. I hope that you did great job here. I'm moving on. Question number seven is this. The nurse assists a client with atrial flutter walking to the restroom. As the client begins to ambulate, she experiences dizziness and a loss of balance. Which of the following actions should the nurse take first? Number one, call for assistance. 
Two, assist the client in sitting down. Three, get anti-vertigo medication. Or four, tell the client they should sit down. What is gonna be the priority here? The priority here, I love it. I love the work that we're doing. This is what it takes showing up every opportunity and giving it a try. Correct answer is number two. The nurse needs to prevent the fall as the priority. So she should or he should uh, assist the patient to sit down. Assist the patient to sit down. Safety first, that is right. Question number eight, 52-year-old male client was brought to the emergency department with reports of left-sided chest pain, excessive perspiration, and dizziness. What's the nurse's initial action? Number one, obtain a blood sample for troponin one. Two, administer two liters per minute of oxygen via nasal cannula. Three, administer nitroglycerin sublingual. Four, monitor the heart rhythm. Get a, get a monitor on the heart via ECG. Ah, great priority question here. Number eight, this is one of those questions that you absolutely have to get right because it demonstrates that you understand the process of treating the very common, the very common presentation of chest pain, angina, myocardial infarction. This is a this is something you have to master. Correct answer. If you had to pick one, you would go with number two. You would administer, put oxygen on the patient because if your patient is truly having, this is why, okay. If your patient is truly having a myocardial infarction, the primary thing that you should do, and I don't care if they give you morphine, nitroglycerin, oxygen, EKGs, chest x-rays, you always put oxygen first on your patient who's presenting with um, chest pain. That's just that's safety. It's basic safety. So you'll either learn it before you take NCLEX or you'll learn it after you take NCLEX. But I hope that you learn it before. And that's why you're here in class. Okay. Moving on, moving on. Oh, and then let me just explain this really quickly because there were some people who picked number four, which I get because you want to do the evaluation. You want to do the assessment, the assessment, I should say. And if you know more about the patient's condition, then the thought process is I know how to treat it. I know how to treat it. So some people did pick number four, but remember for NCLEX, NCLEX is always looking for something that you can do for the patient. And so we would always choose to do something for our patient instead of fooling around with the machine, okay? Instead of going and getting a machine, what can you do for your patient? Can you reposition them? Can you put oxygen on them? Can you, you know, um, reassure them? That, you know what I'm saying? So never pick a diagnostic exam over treating the patient when you have the ability to do that. They have the ability to do that. All right. Now, let's go to the next question here. 
Question number nine says this. The nurse assesses a client with multiple injuries, okay? The nurse assesses a client with multiple injuries following a vehicular collision that involves five cars. Which of the following findings need to be addressed immediately? Number one, a blood pressure of 149 over 79. Two, a deviated trachea. Three, bruises at the face and both arms. Or four, a pulse rate of 115. What are we worried about here? Look at your patient's blood pressure. Is it abnormal? 149 over 79. What about the deviated trachea? Um, bruises at the face and both arms. Does that concern you? Bruises on the face. Pulse rate of 115. What is the priority here? Uh, great job. We see it. We see it right away. Everybody should have picked this number two, the deviated trachea. The deviated trachea. And let me remind you, let me remind you, when you have, okay, when you're in V2, this is something that you need to be able to address, okay? So in your workbook, you will go over the signs and symptoms of this. What do we call this? For those of you who have V2, when you have a deviated trachea, what is your patient most at risk for? What is it? Come on, put it in the comments. Yes, attention pneumothorax. Very good. And so not only do you want to know the deviated trachea, right? But what is the treatment for this? What do we need to do if there is a tension pneumothorax? Because it's something that is done right, right at the bedside. It's done right at the bedside. Okay. So nurses, you're there. You're there. My first year of nursing, I had to help. Patient had this situation. So very common, expected on your NCLEX exam, expected on your NCLEX exam. Let's move on. Let's move on to this. Question number 10. Okay, this is a longer scenario. Be prepared to do a lot more reading for your NCLEX next gen, right? The nurse is caring for a client with a spinal cord injury admitted to the intensive care unit. While doing the routine rounds, the client reports a sudden headache, face and neck flushing, and sweating profusely. The blood pressure is 168 over 87. The pulse rate is 46 beats per minute. What is the priority nursing action? Priority nursing action. And so number one, sit the client in an upright position. Two, inspect the Foley catheter for kinks or obstruction. Three, provide a cooling blanket. Provide a cooling blanket. Four, administer acetaminophen. Administer acetaminophen. And, and listen, as we're reading these scenarios and you're picking the right answer, understand all of these, all of these scenarios are just pointing to one condition. Okay, and if you have mastered that one condition, you don't ever have to be afraid of NCLEX. If you understand the one condition, and the condition here is autonomic dysreflexia, 
okay, in the Quick Facts book. So we know you can just read the story. Every NCLEX question is going to tell you a story. And if you know by the end of reading the story what the issue is, you're ready to pass NCLEX. And so the correct answer here, because this is autonomic dysreflexia, we know that one of the causes of autonomic dysreflexia can be a bowel or bladder obstruction. You see how that works? And so is NCLEX a challenging exam? Absolutely. It's a tough exam, but can you pass it? Absolutely. Especially if you're coming to this class and you're answering these questions and you're getting them right, I would say you need to feel really good about passing the NCLEX and you need to put yourself in position, okay, to take your test as soon as possible because you, you're ready. You're ready, ready, right? Now, let's move on. Let's move on. Question number 11 is this. The nurse reviews the most recent laboratory results, okay? The nurse reviews the most recent laboratory results of a client with what? Acute respiratory syndrome who is currently receiving oxygen via a non-rebreather mask. The arterial uh, blood gas measurement shows decreased oxygenation. Which of the following orders may the nurse expect, okay? Number one, chest tube insertion. Two, hydrocortisone, 200 milligrams IV insertion. Three, endotracheal intubation and mechanical ventilation. Or four, turn to the maximum 90% pure oxygen via the non-rebreather mask. Ah, very good, very good. So we have, um, I have some people that are saying three and I have some people that are saying four, three and four. So our patient has essentially um, acute respiratory syndrome, okay? And they're on a non-rebreather mask and their arterial blood gas is showing that they are not improving. What do we do? Do we turn it up so the patient's getting pure oxygen or do we um, prepare the patient essentially for intubation? Mm. what is it? Which one are you going to do? Which one are you going to do? All right. And again, this is not a critical thinking question at all. This question is content based. And the answer is right here in quick facts. All right. For this long scenario, the correct thing to do is number three, we are going to prepare that patient for endotracheal intubation. And you know what? Because it's the only answer that makes sense. Honestly, honest to God, it's the only answer that makes sense because you know what? Number four is not possible to do. It's not possible to turn the oxygen up to the maximum 90% pure oxygen. Why? Why doesn't that make sense? It sounds good. Sounds good. Not true. Because already if a patient is using a non-rebreather mask, how much oxygen are they getting? They're getting 100% pure oxygen already. If your patient's on a non-rebreather mask, that's pure oxygen that they're getting. So if your patient is not getting better on that, 
Yes. If they're not getting better on a non-rebreather mask turned up to the maximum, then we know that their ventilation, their their ventilation is not going to be sufficient on its own. We need to take over the ventilation of the patient. Make sense? Make sense? Okay. And so that's why I said this was a content-based question. No critical thinking here. No critical thinking really, because the other answer choices don't make sense. Your patient's not ventilating. So there's only one thing we can do. All right, good. And I'm so glad. Listen, the whole idea is that you leave here, you learn something new. So if you learn something new already, you're winning. You're winning already. All right, next question is this. The primary care physician wrote all these orders for a client suffering from congestive heart failure. Okay. During the morning rounds, the nurse detected bounding peripheral pulses, a three-pound weight gain, pitting edema in both lower extremities, and bilateral wet crackles. Which order has the highest priority? Number one, administer ferrosamide, 40 milligrams intravenous. Two, administer four liters of O2 via nasal cannula. Three, monitor intake and output. Four, get daily weight in the morning. What is the priority here, people? Um, let me, I guess we can we can. Even if we look at, even if you're not sure what the priority is, if you look at all the symptoms, if you look at all the symptoms that are present, which one is the worst? Which one is going to be the worst out of all of the symptoms here? Um, is it going to be, are you more worried if your patient has, what do we have? Um, bounding peripheral pulses, three pound weight gain, Hitting edema in both legs or wet crackles. Which one is going to be the worst thing? Some people are like, ah, the fluid overload, the wet crackles. What else? The edema. Yeah, I'm asking you which one is the worst because out of out of the condition that's the worst, we got to think about what is going to treat it the best, right? What is going to treat it the best? So the correct answer here is, Actually, number one, it is number one because we are having a patient who essentially is suffering from too much fluid. They have fluid and particularly they have it in the lungs and they have it in the periphery too. So that means that we see left-sided and we see right-sided heart failure, okay? We see left-sided and we see right-sided heart failure. And so you want to make sure that you haven't prioritized oxygen in every situation. Because there were many people who said, number two, put oxygen on the patient. And that's what we have to be so careful when we just try to generalize nursing care. And I know we learn airway breathing circulation. I know we always learn that for priority. But remember what I said yesterday, sometimes it's not always oxygen. Sometimes airway is not the priority. Okay, if you have a patient with congestive heart failure, or if you have a patient in shock, airway is not going to be the priority for those things. Fluid is going to be the priority. Okay. So yes, this is, this is why sometimes you have to take it to the next step. Okay. Great, great job for those of you who got it right. For those of you who chose oxygen, you won't choose it again. 
13, a wife was told that her husband has stage four lung cancer. Which caring intervention for the family is priority at this time? Okay, number one, provide comfort, okay? Provide comfort to the family. Good job, people are already in there. Um, allow anticipatory grieving. Three, advise the family to be independent. Also, or four, provide health teaching. Provide health teaching. And we have different answers here. Thank you so much for coming on here and participating. This one was a tricky one because what should the nurse do therapeutic wise? What should the nurse do therapeutic wise? It may not be what you think. It may not be what you think. The correct answer in this situation is number, it is going to be number two, allow for anticipatory grieving. And we talked about this yesterday being a healthy response to uh, news or the experience of a loss. And so the reason why number one is not important, uh, it's not the priority, let me say that. Num number one is not the priority because what it does is it, um, how do you say it? It jumps the gun. It, um, it doesn't allow for the family to grieve in their own way, right? Because if, you know, the nurse comes in there and she's, you know, oh, you're going to be okay. Everything is fine. You're trying to comfort the family. It takes away from the family's ability to have a natural response. And a lot of times in NCLEX, nurses have to, especially when it comes to ethics of nursing, nurses cannot take away the experience or the decision-making from the family. So remember for NCLEX, if a patient ever asks you, should I, should I get chemotherapy for this cancer? Or should I have this surgery? What is the nurse supposed to say? For NCLEX, what are we supposed to say to the patient if a patient asks you for advice on something? Uh, do you think that I should leave my husband who was diagnosed with schizophrenia? What are we supposed to say? Supposed to say, you have to think about it and do what's best for you, right? We're, we're, we're literally not supposed to give them advice like, oh yeah, that's, that's a good procedure to have. And I know we see it all the time in hospitals. Nurses are always giving their opinion always saying what they would or wouldn't do. But uh, for NCLEX, you should never do that. You should never give your advice on a situation. Allow the patient to make the decision. Because think about it. If a patient gets gets a chemotherapy or gets a radiation and they're miserable and, you know, what, what are they going to say? Oh, that nurse told me I should should have done this. I listened to that nurse and I wish I never did. Nobody wants to be responsible for that. Like nobody wants to, you know, have that. So remember, nurses, we don't give advice. You have to think about what's best for you, okay? And yes, no false hope. I love it. Love the comments. All right, next question is this. A client who has had a recent below-the-knee amputation due to a vehicle accident, okay, due to a vehicle accident, 
has been reliving and talking about the days when he used to be mobile and active. The client seeks advice to the nurse on how to move on since talking about it is making him feel worse. The nurse's best response is to, number one, say, that is normal. You will eventually get over it. Two, you seem to be in denial. Tell me more how you feel. Three, you seem to be angry, which is normal. Four, reliving your loss may help you in the grieving process. Ooh, look at this communication. Therapeutic communication questions can be challenging too because I see a various answers from Remar Nurses tonight. Are we, we are not all on one accord about what is right in this situation. So this is a good question for us to go over. This is a good question. Correct answer here is number, pause it, hold on one second. Correct answer is going to be actually number four. Reliving your loss may help you in the grieving process. Let, yeah, I like it. I like this. Um, the idea here is you have to let the patient express themselves. You have to let the patient express themselves. That is going to be the best thing. The other options are not therapeutic or they're not true. So look, look at number one. That is normal. You will eventually get over it. What is that? <laughs> if, 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 if a person says that, you'll eventually get over it. He's like, um, oh, but I'm, I'm so, I'm thinking about the leg. I'm, I, you know, I, I, I miss it. And the nurse says to you, you'll get over it. You'll get over it. Okay. And that's not therapeutic. Number two, um, you seem to be in denial. Tell me more how you feel. Right. And so I put that back half of it as a distractor, but the first part of it is the falsehood because the patient's not in denial. It very well has accepted the fact that the, you know, the legs are gone, is gone. So the patient's not in denial, um, even though it does say, tell me more about how you feel, which is great. You want to say that, but the patient's not in denial. You're, you're accusing the patient of something that they're not. Three, two as well. This was tricky. Three, um, three says, you seem to be angry. Some of you picked number three. Does the patient seem angry? Not to me. Patient seems pretty, pretty reasonable. He's just saying, when I talk about it, I feel worse. Doesn't feel angry, just feels worse. So you have to be so careful because uh, you are required to do more reading for next-gen NCLEX and you have to be able to read for the purpose of the, the question. Like, so for example, I say this all the time, when you're taking NCLEX, make sure you're taking the NCLEX in front of you and not the one in your mind. Because sometimes we can read things too deeply or we can read and be totally off on what we're asking. And that's how you can fail NCLEX when you know the content. And the reason is just because you're not answering the questions that you're being asked. You're asking, you're answering other questions. So um, be careful for that. Be very careful for that. Make sure that you're answering the questions that you're being asked. And again, practice questions do have their purpose and you guys actually are doing very well. And it is because we viewed 
We viewed a lot of this content yesterday. So day two, day two. <laughs> All right. And this is it. This is the question. Here we go. Question number uh, 15 here. The nurse is on a medical surgical unit and has just received four patients, just received report on four patients. Which patient should be seen first? Here we go. <clears throat> number one, a patient with a history of congestive heart failure who developed difficulty walking and has an oxygenation saturation of 88% on room air. Okay. Two, a patient with a known deep vein thrombosis in the right leg reporting severe, sharp, right calf pain. Three, a patient with a diagnosis of atrial flutter who is reporting sweating and numbness in the legs. Or four, a patient who had abdominal surgery yesterday and has now developed confusion. Who are our priority patients? Let me, let me break them down again. Here we go. A patient with a history of CHF who developed difficulty walking and has an oxygenation saturation of 88% on room air. Two, you got a patient with a DVT and they have severe right leg pain. It's sharp. It's in the right leg. Three, patient with a diagnosis of atrial fibrillation and they're reporting sweating and numbness in the legs. Oh, this is good. Four, patient with abdominal surgery yesterday. Okay, and now they're confused. Who do we see first? This is a perfect, perfect NCLEX priority question. We dug down into this yesterday. I am not sure what is happening with all these various answers because we specifically talked about this yesterday. But nevertheless, nevertheless, we will review the right answer for this question. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm not even going to do, I'm not even going to tell y'all the right answer. This, uh, I'm not even going to tell you guys the right answer. You guys are going to tell me the right answer. Let's just break these patients down. And somebody asked, how can we stop overthinking? How can we stop overthinking on NCLEX? The best way to stop overthinking on NCLEX is just address what's in front of you. Nothing else. Don't go off into the left or to the right. Just address what's in front of you. So let's look at patient number one. Some people picked number one. Not few. Not many of you picked number one, but some of you did. So you have a patient with a history of CHF. So that's what we know about the patient. They have a history of CHF. If you understand the path, though, of CHF, then you know that this person has an issue with what? Typically, oxygenation and fluid overload, okay? But what is the patient reporting? Because this is all we're dealing with. This is all we're dealing with. The patient is reporting, what, difficulty walking, and they have an oxygenation saturation of what? 88% on room air, okay? 88% on room air. So that's what we're dealing with. We have 88% on room air, difficulty walking, congestive heart failure. 
let's do number two. Patient, okay, with a known DVT. A lot of you guys pick DVT number two. This is the DVT patient. They have a known DVT. And what are they reporting right now? What are they reporting right now? Because that's all I'm dealing with. The patient with the DVT is reporting what? Severe, sharp calf pain. Am I shocked? Is, is, am I running to see what the cause of the severe, right, sharp calf pain is? Do I have to go very far to find out what the cause is? Absolutely not. This is what kind of pain we call this? This is expected pain. So the patient has a DVT, I know. That's why this causing the pain. So when the patient says, oh, my, my right leg is hurting so bad, it's a 10 out of 10. What are we gonna say? Yes, because you have a DVT, you have a blood clot there. So number two, not a priority, okay? The reason why is because I'm not thinking, some of you guys are probably thinking, maybe maybe it's an arterial bleed. Maybe they rupture something. Maybe it's a possible PE, but that's not what we have. All we have is that they're reporting severe, sharp, right calf pain. And I'm, I'm, I'm belaboring this because you've got to take hold of this point, okay? Three, many, many people said number three. Many people said number three. Um, a patient with a diagnosis of what? Atrial fibrillation. Atrial fibrillation. All right, so we know this is a cardiac issue. We know the patient's gonna have some circulation problems because the heart is not pumping profusely. With atrial fibrillation, we're getting kind of like a flutter, right? Getting kind of like a flutter, so the heart's not contracting. The patient is reporting sweating, numbness, okay? Sweating and numbness, that's all I have. That's all I have is sweating and I have numbness. Now, can I take it? way left and say the patient is having, you know, a hemorrhagic stroke. Could. I don't have all that information yet. But at the minimum, my patient is having a what type of problem? A circulation problem. Sweating, numbness. That's all I have. Could be expected, could not be expected. Okay. Patient number four. My patient had abdominal surgery when? Some people are like, I'm changing my answer, Regina. I'm changing my answer. I know, as, that's why I'm spending time here. My patient had abdominal surgery yesterday. Doesn't matter what they had abdominal surgery for. Doesn't matter. I don't need to know. They had their appendix removed. If they had a bowel obstruction, doesn't matter. All I'm given is that they had abdominal surgery yesterday. And what is currently happening? They now have, now is a priority word, by the way, they now have developed confusion. Is this expected or unexpected? Expected or unexpected, okay? This is an unexpected abnormal assessment. So this confusion needs to be evaluated immediately. Why is my patient confused? Do they have low oxygenation? Is oxygen not getting to the brain? Okay, are they hemorrhaging on the inside? Was there a sponge left inside of my patient that's causing them to be septic? I don't know, right? But number four is absolutely the priority. At number four is absolutely the priority. And I took y'all all around the world, 
<laughs> I took y'all all around the world to get to this one point. You have to be able to do this. You must be able to do it. And so prioritization, this is actually the final question um, from our from our day two, from our day two. Prioritization is one of those topics. Did you do good? Did you at least get, my minimum would be 12, 12 right? 12 right would be in a good place because a lot of those questions were not critical thinking. A lot of those, like I said, were just content-based. You either knew it or you didn't know it. You either knew it or you didn't know it, okay? And let me tell you this, content is the best thing. It's the best problem to have for NCLEX. It's the best problem. Critical thinking is a, is a tougher problem to have. Anxiety is a tougher problem to have. But if you say I only got four right or I only got five right, content is your problem. And that's an easy fix. That's an easy fix because you can get right into the V2 and, and you can learn these principles. But if you found yourself overthinking, right, going way left, going way right, Okay, if you found yourself overthinking the issue, then you have to get more time, spend more time and doing practice questions. You do. Okay, um, so in priority questions, we are to first look at what's normal and what's not normal. Um, that's not always the case. It's, it's one way. The thing about prioritization is that there, there, there are many ways that you prioritize. There's many ways. So yes, you can look at the expected and unexpected changes when you're given a scenario like this. But you may not be given a scenario where you have four different patients. You may be given a scenario where you only have one patient and you have to prioritize orders, okay? Or you may be given a scenario where everybody has the same infection. And so now you have to prioritize a different way. And so prioritization is one of those things. That's why I said there, there are multiple ways to learn it. The best way to, for you to be prepared is to expose yourself to these different scenarios, but understanding that everything you do is based off of a piece of information that you will have studied or not studied. Now, let me say this. Let me say this. Doing questions, um, what was the question that was asked? It was a very good question that was asked tonight on... Um, uh, how I, I made the point of how questions don't teach you anything. They only show you your weaknesses. And I just want to explain that a little bit because we tend to feel like if I do more questions, I'll get better at a subject. And, and that's, that's an improper way of thinking too. So when you're doing questions, remember questions are like a mirror to you. So the mirror can show you where your face is dirty or your hair is not done. Okay, the questions are going to show you that, but the mirror cannot clean you up. It cannot clean your, your face. It cannot comb your hair for you. There's still a, a process that does that for you. And that's the content. That's the content work. So when we're doing practice questions and we find ourselves getting the wrong question, the wrong, the wrong answers, okay, on the, on the same subject, multiple subjects, we think we're making progress because we read those long rationales, right? How many people find themselves reading rationales? You're writing down the rationales, okay? You're writing down the rationales. You have a whole workbook full of rationales, okay? 
That's not going to help you because those rationales are specific to that one question. What you need to do is go back and look at the subject matter. Okay. Because if you don't get that same question on NCLEX, that rationale is no good to you. And secondly, okay. And secondly, you may have written down an aspect of that content, but there's something before that or after that that you weren't questioned on. And so you don't have that chunk of knowledge. That's why we do say content is king. But don't be trying to memorize rationales. It's an impossible task. Some pe people who are doing 100 questions a day. I'm talking to the person who's doing 100 questions a day. There is no way you are memorizing a hundred rationales a day. We don't even remember the ones we just went over and we did 15, we did what, 15 questions today? We did 15 questions, it took us one hour. Oh, a, a lot of schools teach that. A lot of schools teach, a lot of schools teach do a hundred questions a day, right? And you'll pass NCLEX. Look how long it took us to do 15 questions. It took us an hour to do 15 questions. And we sat and we broke down these questions. So what I'm trying to get you to see is you got to move away from things that just don't make sense anymore. You got to move away because I'm, I'm getting the DMs of people saying I failed NCLEX because I brought a question bank and I did 2,000 questions. How can I do 2,000 questions and fail the exam? Oh, it's very easy. It's very easy to do that. Because you're getting one question about myocardial infarction. The next question is about congestive heart failure. Another question is about troponin. Another question is about atrial fibrillation. And none of those things go together. And so you're all over the place. Just 100 questions a day all over the place, right? And you miss fundamental principles. You miss safety because you're just spot studying, right? Spot studying. And, 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 you know, and it works for some people, which is why the question banks are so popular and they, you know, it works for some people, but for the majority of us, especially the audio visual learners, it doesn't work for us. And I don't care how beautiful the picture is with the rationale. If you don't understand that picture, if you don't understand that rationale, ooh, you in trouble you in trouble. So two things tonight, two things tonight. Number one, understand your responsibility in preparing for this test. The responsibility that you have in preparing for this test may look different from what worked from somebody else. Okay. You know, the type of learner you are, you know, you need to hear it explained to you in order for you to get it. Ain't no shame in that. You know, that you can only listen to about 20, 25 minutes of a lecture before you zone out. So if you have a lecture that's six and seven hours long, you already know it's not gonna work for you, okay? But you have to take the responsibility to be able to say, I can't do this and I don't care. I, I know it worked for everybody else, but I can't do it. <laughs> I, I have, you know, I have short attention span. I have, um, I have things to do. But you, like I said, nobody's coming in to take NCLEX for you. Nobody's going to take it for you. So at the end of the day, your NCLEX review has to 
be something that you can actually finish and have all parts of it. Uh, Neek says, I have the confidence. Thank you so much for opening my eyes. Neek says, I have the confidence that this third time I can, I will, I must pass NCLEX. I have hope now in Remar Nursing. Come December, I will, I will be sharing my testimonial, God willing. God willing. Yes, 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 yes. And so um, you said three hours of studying. I can tell you it makes sense. Yeah, three hours is the max. Three hours is the max. And, and to me, if you're doing three hours, that is content, 40, like 40 minutes of content, review that. Get into quick facts. 40 minutes of quick facts, do that. And then do the question bank, 30 minutes. That's it. That's it. Because anything more is uncivilized. Remember they used to say that? Anything more than that is uncivilized. and it is, um, it's not being kind to yourself, actually. And we get into the failure funnel because we keep repeating things that didn't work for us in the, in the first place. So if all you did was questions the first time you failed and you go back and you just do questions again, then you're, you're, you know, you're not, you're not really making any progress. And like I said, this license that you're working very hard for is not going to just be handed to you because you want to be a nurse. Okay, it's, it's not going to just be given to you. So be be willing to make the sacrifices that are that are need to be made. I mean, some of you right now, you're here with Remar for the first time, but you know you're in an NCLEX review. You're you already bought an NCLEX review that you know is not working for you, which is why you're here. If you have the NCLEX review and you're still looking for things, you're still buying books and you're, you're still trying to figure it out, um, then I would say you need you need something different. OK, you need something different. So I would um, I would challenge you. I would challenge you to try the V2. And the thing that's different about the V2 is that it's given to you in a way that you can actually finish it. So. You do have my lectures. My lectures are about nine minutes, 10 minutes. Can you do that? Absolutely. You just spent over, you just spent an hour with me right now. Okay. The quick facts book. I couldn't have made it simpler. There's no paragraphs in quick facts. Literally, quick facts is just question and answer. That's it. And then there's there's a journaling section. There's a journaling section. OK. Can you memorize this book? Yes. Do you have to? You do. But you want to be a nurse. You want to save life. You got to have information in order to do that. OK. You have to have information in order to save lives. This is how you get it. Physical book. Physical books are how you learn. Ever since you were in the first grade. They gave you a book. Somebody explained it to you. And it's such a backward way of thinking, okay? It's such a backwards way of thinking because when we're in first and second grade, we learn the alphabet first. We learn the colors first, and then we're tested on it. But somebody tells you the sky is blue, you know, clouds are white, and then you take a test on it. But when it comes to this NCLEX, the first thing we wanna do is just start taking all these readiness exams. 
readiness exams, readiness. You're not ready. Let me just tell you, if you haven't done a proper sit down content review, you're not ready. That's it. And you don't have to pay. Look, I gave you that for free. You don't even have to pay me $100 to tell you. You're not ready. You need to do the review. And I say that confidently because I have people that come on after failing three times, four times, and they say, wow, now I'm ready. Now, I wasn't ready before, but I'm ready now, okay? And, And I know that this is what you want. You've invested an hour of your time, okay? You've invested an hour of your time because you're looking for something. You are searching for something. You're not where you wanna be. And so you're trying to figure out how do I get there? Give me four weeks and I'll get you there, okay? Give me four weeks and I'll get you there. Four weeks and you can feel confident. You can be prepared. Now, I know there were many people, um, there were many people on here that gave their testimonial about how they passed. And I appreciate I appreciate it because, <laughs> oh, look, this one, I paid 600 for a program and didn't learn nothing. Don't you, do you see the double negatives? I didn't learn nothing. That's, that's real talk. That's real talk. And the reason why that can happen is because you truly have a desire to get your license. So you're willing to invest whatever it takes. If, if I said you could guarantee Get your license. You just got to pay me $1,000. $1,000. How many people would pay it? Many people would pay it. I know they do it because there's programs that literally cost that much money. There are $1,000 programs right now. There, there are $500 question banks. No books, no nothing, just question banks, okay? So I pay $800. I did not pass the exam because they're all focused on questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we don't have to go far to verify the truth of the matter, the truth of the matter. Okay. $69 right now for the entire V2 program. When we created this technology, our intention was not to abuse nursing students because we had it. Okay. The review gave me PTSD. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and, and so, again, um, when we were developing the V2 platform, one of Mark and I's main goal is to not just allow access to a certain amount of people. Whew. We wanted everybody to be able to get V2. And we didn't want to... Oh, let me let me just stop. You know how you have you know how there are certain things that only certain people have access to. We wanted to make everybody have access to the next gen question bank, the case studies, the quick facts. We have gone over mountains in valleys to make this book able to travel the entire globe, whether you're in the Philippines, Africa, whatever. Literally, we have meetings every day to make this review $69. Literally, that's it. That's it. And so, 
we spent $69 at Starbucks. People spend $69 at Starbucks in a week. And I'm giving you education technology that 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 people don't even know, you know, exists. And I want you to have it. I want you guys to have it. So whatever excuses that you had, um, I hope that after tonight, they're out of the way when it comes to joining the V2. And that you just get in there and you get started because you're going to have a different experience. The V2 uh, tells the story of a safe nurse and it tells the story of how to deliver patient care as if you were, right? As if you were a person who could do it. All right. I joined your program. I'm giving my test on October 26. Okay, you can tell us, but don't tell nobody else that, okay? We're just going to keep it. I'm not going to tell anybody. You don't tell anybody. We're just going to go in there and bam, we're going to surprise everybody because you're going to pass the test, right? But let's keep that test date under wraps, okay? <laughs> All right. Because um, I'm broke, $69. I can, I do, I will, I can, I must pass. And like she said everything. I can, I do. I'm No, I, I, I hear you right? This is not the time to punish nursing students with the price of everything. I can't imagine asking you guys to pay $200 for V2, $300. I know there are people who would pay it. There are people who would pay it, but what do I look like? V2 is just great, user-friendly, easy to memorize. Absolutely. So again, when you get V2, because I don't want you to just get this program and sit around, you are going to get the study calendar. Okay, you are going to get the study calendar to the program. And I, I marked it up. This is the one that I had from yesterday. Um, but yeah, I want you to know that what you're getting when you purchase V2, because people ask me, what do I get when I purchase V2? You're going to get a daily study calendar that's going to tell you what to do. You're getting the downloadable workbook that you will watch the videos with. My program is video lectures. It is not PowerPoint slides. It is not questions only. Okay, you're getting my entire course, every subject. This is the 30-day bonus. Let me go to the um, let me go to the V2 lecture. So you can kind of see what we did. So we did prioritization. We did a portion of prioritization, but prioritization is actually one of the final subjects that I talk about, along with delegation, management of care, legal issues, right? But there are a few other subjects that I want to review with you before you take NCLEX, before you take NCLEX. Now, the, the few subjects that I do require you to go over with me are going to be the lifespan, okay? So we're gonna talk about pregnancy into developmental milestones, all right? And you can see, how long are my videos? Pregnancy is one of my longest videos, it's 40 minutes, okay? But the other ones in this section, 14 minutes, 10 minutes. You can listen to this on your way to work. I don't care as long as you get it in, okay? 20 minutes, you got 20 minutes. Age-specific care, 16 minutes, 15 minutes, 12 minutes, okay? The free trial of this is available to you, but let me tell you, the free trial is going to stop after this section. OK, so that's good. If you want to get in there and see, um, do the do the free trial and get in there and see the sale ends on um, Friday. OK, uh, what else? What else? What else? Somebody said my exam is coming up soon. OK, 
And so even if your exam is coming up soon, honestly, if you look at the length of these videos, nine minutes, 10 minutes, you know, clinical math is a little bare. It's a little, it's a 40 minute video, but it's worth it. I promise you one minute, nine minutes, you can do it. Okay. And again, it is, it's all, I'm teaching every video. So you don't have to worry whose information coming from. And you guys know how I, I do. I'm not here to keep you there all day. I want you to get in and get what you need to know. All right. So if I could spend, when, when I private tutor students, I told them the stuff in the V2. This is what I told them. Okay. When I go to schools and do reviews, even if I do a review for a school, practical nursing schools bring me in at the end of the year. You know what I do after I spend two days with the students? I tell them, get in the V2. I give everybody in my class the V2 because honestly, when it comes to NCLEX, what matters most is what you do on your own. It is what you're able to accomplish in your own time that makes a difference. That's what shows up. It's what you're doing every day, okay? If you could check off this study calendar, this is the stuff that shows up on your exam. This is kind of like why I don't always believe in group study. I do like group study, but sometimes you don't know what you don't know until you're alone trying it. And then you're like, oh, I was relying on Jessica a lot for my maternity, but I don't really know it like she knows it, right? So that's why, that's why. Um, my quick facts has been shipped. It's hard for me. I feel like I'm all over the place. Anthony, let me know. Do you have the program or how are you studying? How much if I have the quick facts already? If you just have the quick facts, it's $49 if you already have the quick facts. So it's even lower. Like that's literally no excuses. Um, definitely, if you're an international nurse, because V2 is going to give you content, questions, and, and a book, it's going to cover whatever your learning style is, right? It's going to cover whatever your learning style is. If you have to be involved in something, I'm telling you, when you write something down, it helps you to retain it like three times more. This is why my program always has had books included. You need to write it down. You need to write it down. Does that make sense? So international nurses, absolutely. I don't think there's a better program for international nurses. I don't, there, there is not one. I, I say that confidently. Um, so the bonus, okay. So the bonus section, um, the post scary topic study kit, I'm putting it in the V2. It'll be in your file vault. So it is a kit that I will be releasing. And remember in your file vault here for V2, I'm able to put new things in there. So um, under the resources, you will see it under new NCLEX resources. I'll put the study kit there, all right? Um, but also check out the next gen NCLEX things, quick facts for next gen. I put some new stuff in there. Let me see. Um, and then under new NCLEX resources, let me see what I have in here. How to overcome test taking anxiety some maternity practice questions. There's a there's the book. I don't know if you guys want to, I'll just show you real quick. There's another quick facts book in the study, um, the file vault. And it is, it's a book that I did and I, I wasn't selling it. I just wanted to make it available for you guys. Let me show you. It is this quick facts. Um, this is the quick facts for nursing. This is the pediatric version. 
So all the conditions in this quick facts have to do with pediatrics. So it's a great resource, especially if you're, even if you're a nursing school, this is a great resource because it's gonna focus on the pediatric conditions here. And it's in your file vault for free. So you could just print it out. I didn't, I don't even, you know, I just wanted you to have it. I just wanted you to have it. So you can print it out or you can read it, but it is in your file vault. So again, the V2 has so much for you to, to um, you know, engage with. It really does. Should I make flashcards to study and memorize quick facts? Um, so this is my advice. Quick facts is already quick. So making flashcards of everything in quick facts, to me, I don't think it's a good use of your time. What I would do is I would go through quick facts and I would only make flashcards of the things that I just did not know. Okay. And quick facts is going to be included. If you get the V2 package, it will, it will go everywhere. Okay. It'll be shipped everywhere. It doesn't matter where you are. We can get it to you. So again, like when you're doing quick facts and you are supposed to, you are supposed to memorize this entire book. It's only this big. You can do it. Okay. Um, yeah. So like if you need flashcards for the medications, do flashcards for the medications, but the entire book, no, not the entire book. I don't think so. Um, let's see. Quick facts as God gives it. Is there a class on Thursday? There's not a class on Thursday. There is a class tomorrow night. Tomorrow night is game night. Let me, um, and I'll show you guys how to buy in one second. Cause you're asking how to buy and how to delay. Um, but honestly, let me say this prioritize getting your license because we're going into a season where people put off studying for NCLEX and it ends up turning into a much longer time than they intend to. So I would say, definitely, if you can get your test scheduled next month, this month, well, not this month, maybe for some of you, but next month, early December, do it. Um, okay. Let me show you guys how to buy it. The other, let me, well, let me, let me talk about the schedule. We have one more class left tomorrow night at 9 PM. I always go live on Wednesdays anyways for doing winning Wednesdays, but just tomorrow will be a game night. So we'll actually be doing cash prizes for first place, second place, and third place. That will wrap up our scary topics event. So then after Wednesday, I'll just go back to my Monday classes at noon and then my Wednesday classes at nine, okay? My Monday and then my Wednesday, okay? Yes, the V2 has everything in there. It is the lectures plus the question bank plus the quick facts, okay? Um, so how do we get the physical book? Okay, so let me, um, let me show you guys how to purchase the V2. Let me show you how to purchase the V2. Mark, I might have to ask you to help me again because, oh yeah, just, no, but they want to see, they actually want to see me purchase it. Okay, remarnurse.com, that's the website. Let me, let me go to, re, let me go here. No, it's so hard for me to do it because I got to do it from a incognito tab. Okay, here we go. Okay, incognito, because I'm already signed in. Here we go. So the first thing you're going to do to order the program is go to remarnurse.com. Okay, so what I'm about to show you is how to um, get the physical books and all that good stuff. 
So remarnurse.com, the flash sale is happening. You're going to select your course, whether you're an RN or a PN, RN or PN, practical nurse. Um, the, I'll, I'm just going to choose practical nurse. And then this green button says join NCLEX V2. Okay. Bonus lecture. There is not a bonus lecture tonight. The, the bonus lecture, I think, is Mark, what Mark is about to come and do. Is that what it is? That's the bonus lecture. <laughs> All right. So you're going to see two packages here. You're going to see the 30-day and the 90-day package. Both packages have the same content, the same lectures, the same question bank. There is not anything different on that. Okay. There's not anything different on that. Oh, substance abuse. Is substance abuse playing tonight, Mark? They're asking. They're asking about substance abuse. Let me see. Oh, hold on. I'm going to I'm going to answer that in one second. If it is, I'll put it on. Um, And so this is where you have the opportunity to to do the free trial as well or to purchase the program. All right. This is it right here. So if you go to remarnurse.com, you pick RN or PN and then this is how you do it. So if you go to the 30 day. Right. And you go to buy now. What's going to happen over here? You are going to see you are going to see the, 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 the sale price. Is it there? Oh, you guys were right. Okay. You guys were right. Mm -hmm. Okay. But we'll do, we'll do this. We'll do the bonus lectures. Okay. Give me one second. Um, and so really quickly, guys, I want to show you how to um, add your physical workbook, because remember, you're just getting the downloadable student workbook with V2. But I know you see me holding up this physical one. So somebody said yesterday that this book to print is like $30 if you go to USPS. I don't know if they bind it for you. I don't know if they bind it for you or not, but um, I will bind this and I will print it for you and send it to you. But you do have to order it. But again, if you don't put this um, on the order where I'm about to show you, then you can just get this one, okay? This one. So um, if you want to add the physical workbook and I send it to you, it's an extra $35 and it's done. I'll send it for you. All right, if you don't want that, that's fine. You could just put the garbage can button next to it. All right, and so it will take it off. Also, if you already have quick facts and... You don't need quick facts. Put the quick facts in the garbage can. Just put it in the garbage can. Okay, you don't need it. And so that um, that will drop the price down to $49. This is 30 days for $49. So you will you need to get in and you need to get busy. You need to get in and you need to get busy. All right. Um, another thing I want to show you is how to delay it. How to delay it. And this is down here at the bottom. You're going to click. You're going to click here and this will allow you to what it says, change the start date, change the start date. So changing the start date looks like this and just checking it. OK, checking it, checking it, checking it. So that is how you are going to change the start date. Did I answer every question here? Here. What if you have somebody's asking, what if you have the old quick facts? Honestly, if you have the old quick facts, I think with this sale price, just go ahead and upgrade and get the get the get the new one. Right. Um, but also at the same time, if you don't have anything, I would prefer you to get the V2 lectures over buying another quick facts because then you'll have two quick facts and no content lectures or no question bank. All right. 
we're gonna get into it. Yeah. And then wait, one more thing. Somebody said, do I need to memorize this quick facts before doing V2? No, no, no. You do them together. And that's why if you have the V2 study calendar, it will tell you to study both at the same time. And it will tell you how to and when to study both at the same time. Okay. All right. So I did all that. Now let me, um, um, that, that's it. That's it. Let me put on the bonus lecture. Yeah. So look, yesterday we were supposed to do pain management and today we're supposed to do substance abuse. Oh dear. So, <laughs> which one should we do right now? You want to do pain management or substance abuse? Yeah, do we both. can do. Yeah. Let's do, we'll do one today and one tomorrow. Oh, we're supposed to do another one tomorrow. We'll do another one tomorrow too. Yeah. One every day. Who's. Who's who's whose company is this? Like who's right. running this? So let's do pain program. management. Okay. Um for Monday. Pain management. Okay, so let me go to the V2. I'm sorry, y'all. And y'all usually tell me everything else. Y'all tell me when the audio's not working. Y'all tell me when y'all can't see me. Nobody said anything to me about this yesterday. So now we behind. All right. Um we need okay, so we got to go to pain management. All right, so let me go to the V2 and go to pain management. That's what we're doing today. Pain management is seven minutes. Are you guys ready? Do you have your workbook? Seven minutes? Okay, yeah. well, okay, well, I'm just gonna start. All right, I'm gonna start. What page number? I don't know. I don't know. I'm playing the video from inside of V2. Are you guys ready? All right, I think they're ready. They said, this is pain management, not substance abuse. Welcome to your pain management lecture. Let's get started. Pain, when you think of it, pain is subjective. It can feel different from client to client. And that just makes sense. What I consider to be acute pain, you may think is really nothing and vice versa. Pain can be acute or chronic. So how do we rate pain? What is the best technique? For adults, it is the zero to 10 scale where you're using a numeric scale to ask for a rating. And again, if a patient says their pain is a 10 out of 10 and they're sitting in bed watching TV, you have to believe that for them, that pain is a 10 out of 10. For babies, it's best to use the FACES scale to record their pain. Now, in addition to asking your patient or for babies using the FACES scale, there are other nonverbal cues of pain. And this is important when we think about how pain can be experienced differently based on culture, um, gender, and things like that. So right now, the nonverbal cues of pain are facial expressions. The body posture, for example, if a patient is protecting a painful area, even though they say they're not in pain, but they won't let you touch the area, that's a body posture cue of pain. 
Also, the activity level. When you're in pain, you're not going to be very active. And you also have increased vital signs during times of pain. Now, I alluded to this, but pain is experienced differently because of a few things. They are culture, religion. And remember, culture and religion are not the same things. Gender, age, anxiety, fear of drug abuse, desire to please the nurse or healthcare professionals. All of these things will alter how a client verbalizes pain to you or how they describe pain. A lot of patients come into the hospital with the need to be the good patient. And when they report pain, that might make them feel like they're being a bother or a nuisance to you as the nurse. So really help encourage the client that if they're in pain, they are free to report it to you. Now, how do we deal with pain? What are the routes for pain medication? They are an epidural. And when the term epidural is used, just know that it is a catheter that is inserted into the spinal space. So an epidural, oral route, transdermal, and transdermal means through the skin. Trans means through, dermal is the skin. So this is basically pain medication through a patch or cream. And then the final one for NCLEX RN, we need to know about the PCA pump, which is an IV route of a medication. So here are some notes about the PCA pump that you need to know. Now with the pump, the patient uses the pump that delivers medication when the client wants it. It's normally given for patients who have cancer and who have chronic pain or after surgery when the pain is going to be very intense. Now, here is a critical thinking question for my Remar nurses. For surgical clients who are going to get a PCA pump, should the nurse teach about the PCA pump before or after the surgery? What do you think? Should the nurse teach about the PCA pump before or after the surgery? The correct answer is before, of course, before the surgery, because after the surgery, the patient's going to be in pain. They're going to be recuperating from a procedure. So the learning will be down during that time. Now, for the PCA pumps, there are two things that you want to monitor. Number one, when a patient has access to their own pain medication, when they want, 
You have to monitor for respirations. You have to monitor for respirations. You also, number two, have to watch if family members are pushing the pain control button. If family members are pushing the pain control button. And normally, normally you will have family members to do this. And it really is according to your facility's policies if family members are allowed to push the PCA pump control button. Some facilities believe that if the patients can't get to it, the family members can assist. Others strongly support that if a patient is um, unconscious or sleeping, the pain button should not be pressed by the family member. So it is something that you want to monitor for and ask about. Okay, that wraps up our pain overview. We have to move on to the next subject. Okay, so I want you to see, I want you to see now that you've been in V2, I want you to see the difference of actually studying the content. And if you have your workbook, you were filling out your workbook. And I know some of you have the V2 workbook. So you're filling it out and you're in the process of learning. It's very different from just doing question banks. It's very different from that, okay? When you're studying content, this is what it should feel like. This is what it should be like, okay? Now, I'm going to do uh, substance abuse. I'm gonna do substance abuse so that you are able to get this information that's in your Scary Topics workbook. So we're about to go into that, okay? I got V2, okay. So I'm gonna go back and show you. And again, with V2, you can watch these videos uh, over as much as you want to. It's, it, it should be totally uh, available to you if you wanna watch it on your phone, if you wanna watch it on your computer, your laptop, however, but the whole idea is that you get this content that you need. So let me go back into the V2. I'm gonna um, go back to the home screen and we're going to look for substance abuse, substance abuse. I mean, um, so substance abuse is right next to pain management. So everybody get ready, everybody get ready, get ready, get ready. We are about to hit substance abuse and get the content that you need for NCLEX with substance abuse. And again, if you have V2, you guys know our discussion board is pumping down at the bottom, all the comments for the Remar nurses in V2 as well, studying right along with you. Welcome to your substance abuse overview. My name is Regina Callion. <laughs> I'm just joking. You guys know who I am by now. We're getting into substance abuse. Now, substance abuse is the continued use of a substance to alter a patient's mood, emotion, or state of consciousness. And that it's not medically necessary for the client to take that substance. They're taking it out of a habitual habit. Substance abuse can be chronic and addiction is considered a mental illness. There are certain substances that are abused such as marijuana, which is the most common, 
alcohol, anabolic steroids, narcotics, and stimulants. Out of the list that I gave, I want to focus on two forms of substance abuse that NCLEX likes to hone in on. The first one is alcoholism. Alcoholism is the excessive consumption and dependence on alcoholic beverages. The signs of alcoholism are daily drinking patterns that typically start early in the morning. When a client consumes alcohol, despite the negative effects on relationships, jobs, family, also blackout, hiding alcohol from others are signs of alcohol addiction or dependence. Most alcoholics, when they're confronted about their addiction, are in denial and they rationalize their drinking patterns. The withdrawal symptoms that are important is that clients will have anxiety, okay? They will have tremors. There will be nausea and vomiting as well as sleeplessness. Delirium tremors are an extreme, an extreme withdrawal symptoms. So with delirium and tremors, you will have the tremors, the physical shaking, but also there will be vital signs increased. Hallucinations, and this can be auditory or visual. Um, the client becomes paranoid. Delirium tremors usually are seen between 12 to 36 hours after the last drink. There are also two other symptoms of alcohol addiction that you need to know for the exam. The first one is called Wernicke's syndrome, which is basically encephalopathy. And that is a fancy medical word for brain damage. And when you drink too much alcohol, you can have brain damage due to a thiamine deficiency. So alcoholics, because they normally have poor nutrition, poor eating habits, they have a thiamine deficiency. So the thiamine deficiency, it will cause brain damage. Korsakoff psychosis is amnesia that is also associated with the thiamine deficiency. So NCLEX can say thiamine deficiency or they can say B1 deficiency, but Wernicke syndrome and Korsakoff syndrome are both related to thiamine. So how do we treat alcohol addiction for NCLEX RN? Well, there are medications that you want to know. So let's study the medications while we're talking about the disease process as you should. That's how you should study pharmacology. So the medications that we can give to reduce the anxiety, reduce the anxiety are two benzodiazepines. That's the class that they fall under. But the medications are chlorodizepoxide, which is a sedative. Um, the next one is lorazepam, which is also going to act as a sedative and reduce the anxiety of the alcohol withdrawal symptoms. 
Now, there's another medication that acts as an alcohol deterrent medication. So disulfiram, you can give this and it will help to encourage your patient not to drink alcohol. And the way that disulfiram does that is because if the patient consumes alcohol, they will have this severe side effect and they will begin to be nauseated. They will begin to vomit. The blood pressure will go down. I mean, it will cause a, a reaction that will be so major that the client will not want to drink again. But one of the teaching points about this medication is that not only does it work for drinking alcohol, but also any other form of alcohol that a client may come in contact with. So when you're taking disulfiram, you cannot use hand sanitizer. You cannot use mouthwash, cologne or perfume, um, hair dyes, like anything with alcohol in it will give you that severe reaction. So it is a choice that the client will have to make if they want to have this alcohol deterrent. But NCLEX loves to ask about this medication. Now, here's an NCLEX pro tip for you guys. There are also medications that contain alcohol in them, such as warfarin, phenotin, and amitriptyline. All right. These things will help clients who are addicted to alcohol. Other therapy options are having a non-judgmental attitude and support groups by Alcohol Anonymous. There is no cure for alcoholism, only abstinence. And for your room assignment, patients that are addicted to alcohol or going through alcohol withdrawal can be placed in a shared room with another type of client. All right, we talked about alcoholism. Let's go over opioid addiction. And when I say opioid, I am talking about heroin, cocaine, morphine, or amphetamines. Let's start off by talking about the room assignment. If you have a patient that's addicted to heroin or cocaine, they can be put in the room. They can have a shared room with another client as long as they're not self-destructive or harmful to that client. When we talk about withdrawal symptoms, the withdrawal symptoms of a narcotic or opioid addict are going to be like flu-like symptoms. So they will have a runny nose, fever, body aches. They will have a disturbed sleep pattern and be agitated. The treatment is going to be really group therapy and counseling. If a medication is given, the medication is methadone. Methadone is another type of narcotic that is legal. Literally, it acts in the same way as heroin. It is just legal. So sometimes clients will exchange the illegal heroin for the legal methadone and they get it dispensed to them under restrictions. So it's used as a substitute to the illegal narcotic drug. 
So those are the points that you need to know regarding substance abuse. Let's keep going. you uh, just an example of what it's like to study with the NCLEX V2. All right, we're going to check our sound and make sure that that you can hear. All right, I think we are good. I think we are good. Uh, if you can hear me, put a one in the chat. If you can hear me, put a one in the chat. All right, good now? Good now? Good now? Good now? Okay. All right, let's make sure. All right, awesome. We got ones. I said we good. We good. We good. We good to go. All right. So um, by now, I wanted to make sure that you understand that the key to passing NCLEX is studying the content. You cannot pass this exam just by answering questions because if you do that, you will have more and more questions and more questions and no answers. Uh, or it's kind of like studying with looking for a needle in a haystack. Uh, the way we train you here at Remar Nurse. Uh, dot com is we give you the content then ask you questions to support that uh, now tomorrow we do have game night at nine o'clock eastern so we want you to join us for that there will be cash prizes uh, two hundred dollars for the first place winner uh, one hundred dollars for second place and fifty dollars for the third place winner uh, and as you know the NCLEX v2 review is on sale right now this week for sixty nine dollars so we want you to get into that now it is time to change paces and get into our spiritual development uh, from the word of God. I'm gonna say a brief prayer and then we're gonna get into it. Uh, Heavenly Father, I said, Lord, that you would guide my tongue, guide my mind uh, and touch the hearts of your children uh, so that we can overcome this thing that's called anxiety uh, so that we can put faith over fear and move forward in Jesus name we pray, amen, amen. All right guys, so we're gonna talk really quickly about uh, a man in the Bible by the name of Job, a man in the Bible uh, uh, by the name of Job. Many of you may be familiar with his story. Uh, if you are not familiar with the story, uh, he actually has a whole book in the Bible named after him. It's called Job. It's not Job, it is Job. Uh, and if you go to Job, the Bible says uh, that Job was a righteous man and he was blameless. He was found to be blameless before the Lord. Uh, and not only that, but he was also a man of great substance and a man of great wealth. Uh, it says that he had thousands of cattle, thousands of sheep. Uh, he had uh, uh, seven sons, three daughters. All of his children were blessed. They had uh, uh, feasts and celebrations. And Job was uh, just one that was a righteous individual uh, before the Lord. Uh, and the Bible says that, uh, that one day in the process of time uh, that Satan had an audience uh, before God, and apparently this was in heaven, uh, and, 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 uh, and, and God says to Satan, hey, what have you been doing with your time? How have you been spending your time? Uh, and Satan says, listen, I've been going to and fro uh, upon the earth uh, and just checking things out because apparently he felt that he had the prerogative to do just that. Uh, and, and, and he said this in a way like he was like the big dog. He was just, you know, there was no place that he could not go. There was no territory that he could not um, make his presence felt. 
And God said, hold on, before you think, before you let it get to your head, have you considered my servant Job? Have you considered my servant Job? And, and, and Satan says, well, no, I haven't really considered Job. And he says, well, you know what? Job is only your servant. He's only uh, uh, following you. He's only righteous because of the blessings that you have given him. He is only righteous because he's only doing your will because you have blessed him and that you've also put a hedge of protection around him. If I take some of these things away from, from Job, the guy, he's going to lose his mind. He's not going to serve you in that same way. So God gave Satan permission to, uh, to afflict Job and take some of these material possessions from him. So the Bible says that, that, that uh, in the following chapter that these calamities start to unfold in Job's life. Calamities, hardships start to unfold in Job's life. And he's not sure why these things are happening as such. He's not sure why they're happening as such. And so uh, the time comes that uh, robbers come and they they take his cattle uh, and then natural disasters happen. And then his sheep are, are afflicted and they all die uh, and his servants are killed. And uh, uh, and then uh, and then a natural disaster occurs, if you will, a, a storm, a great storm comes and uh, his sons, his family uh, is killed. And all that's left is his wife. And all of these calamities have now fallen upon Job. And he's asking himself, you know, why are these things happening? And, and he's trying to, he's asking a lot of questions and he's trying to take these questions into account. Uh, individuals are coming and giving him advice. His wife gives him some advice. His friends come and, and try to give him some advice and they're asking more questions. And Job doesn't have the answers. All he has are questions. The Bible says that the afflictions didn't start there because Job, he still, even though he had those questions, he still remained faithful to God. And so Satan tried him again by afflicting his health. So Job was afflicted with boils and, 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 and sores on his skin, and he didn't understand what was taking place. But there's something really beautiful that Job uh, said. He said, listen, you know, all of these things have been stripped from me, even my health. And he said, uh, he said, naked came I into this world and naked I shall leave. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Like I didn't have anything when I got here. And so if I don't have anything when I, when I, when I leave out of here, then, you know, what have I lost if everything has come to me uh, and I've gained nothing on my own. So blessed be the name of the Lord. But and in this story, we ask the question of like, why did this, why did God allow or permit this calamity these calamities to happen to Job. And I saw something really amazing in the word of God. How many of you know that God will do anything to save his people? How many of you know that God will do absolutely anything to save his people? Now, given the status of Job, being that he was a righteous man, being that he was blessed of God, you wouldn't necessarily know that he needed saving from the outside looking in. You wouldn't know what Job's struggle was just by looking at him. But if we follow the word of God, we can have amazing insight that the Bible says in Job chapter three, as he's sitting in these calamities, Job chapter three, he says something amazing. He says in verse 25 of Job chapter three, listen to this. He says, for the thing 
that I greatly feared has come upon me. Job says, the thing that I have greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. He says, I am not at ease, nor was I quiet. I have no rest, and yet troubles come. What does that mean? What does that mean? This means that Job, even though he was one of the wealthiest men in the region, one of the wealthiest men to live, even though he was righteous in the sight of God, even though he was blessed by God, Job was living with a fear or an anxiety. Job was living with a fear or an anxiety. Job was living with the fear that, um, what if I do everything that I'm supposed to do? What if I do everything that I can? In fact, the Bible says this. The Bible says that when Job's sons would have celebrations, Job would go and make an offering unto God just in case his sons were doing something wrong. Like just to cover the instance that they were sinning or, or something was off, Job made an offering to God just so that to cover the sons of the sins of his sons, potentially not even knowing in a, in a celebration. So Job was living his life blessed by God, favored by God, chosen by God, but he had anxiety. Now, how does this relate to you? Job, he says, the thing that I feared has come upon me and what I have dreaded has actually happened to me, that I would be doing everything right, trying my best, and still trouble would come. Now, why would this cause a fear? Why would this cause an anxiety? It caused an anxiety because Job was living his life, get this, and this is a trick of the enemy, Job was living his life based on questions. I'm gonna say it again, Job, was living his life based on questions. And what have we been saying tonight? We've been saying that questions are okay, but questions can only show you like your weaknesses. Questions can only show you your inadequacies. Questions can, uh, can quiz you, uh, but they can't give you a sense of certainty because it's only a question and not the answer or not the revelation or not the content, if you will. Job was living his life based on questions. Well, what if this should go wrong? Or what if I'm not able to do everything that I should do? Or uh, if this happens, can God keep me? If I should fail, can I be lifted up? Uh, if I should die, will I raise or will I live again? And so Job was in a point that from the outside, he looked like he was blessed. He was walking in favor. But on the inside, God knew that he was living his life with fear and anxiety because he had questions that were unanswered and he needed to know the answer. So what did God do? God used Satan to test Job <laughs> so that he can realize that he did not have the answers to his questions. And so when you read the book of Job, you find these long passages of dialogue between God and Job. 
And, and Job, all he's doing during this dialogue, he's asking God questions. And God is giving him the answers. You want, I want you to read it for yourself. And what you will find is that after God speaks with Job, he tells him the content of creation, if you will. He tells him the content. He tells them the foundation, the structure. Like he tells them, you know, uh, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Like I'm the creator. Uh, I have the power to tell the oceans, like the waters of the oceans, okay, come this far and no further. In other words, like I have the power to tell the calamities in your life, the storms in your life, right? This is as far as you can go and you can't go any further. Like, I, like, like God says, I'm him. So what God was doing was giving him the, 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 the lessons of life, the content, if you will, to be able to be sufficient to withstand or to respond or to answer the questions of life. Job feared that trouble would come and he would not be able to stand. So what did God do? God allowed the trouble to come. God allowed the trouble to come because that was the one thing that stood in the way of Job's full faith and trust in God. Like, what would happen if the worst thing happens? Can God keep you in that? Uh, I told you guys the, the story, uh, or I shared with you earlier this week, uh, that two weeks ago, my mother, uh, who's 82 years old, uh, she tested positive for COVID. I was her first time uh, uh, contracting COVID, the COVID virus, and um, throughout the entire pandemic. And for me, it was one of those Job moments ever since the start of COVID, where, you know, uh, when, when COVID started, Regina was pregnant. We just found out that she was pregnant in like January, February hits, boom, COVID. Everything shuts down starting in March. Throughout that whole time, I'm concerned. I'm like, man, I hope she doesn't get this thing. And so, you know, I was just living in this framework of, you know, being protective and keeping her uh, away from things. Make sure you wipe everything down. And uh, and so thank, thank God, praise God. She, we, she came through that delivered Shiloh beautifully. Uh, you guys supported as a community. It was amazing. And we thank God for that. Uh, but not only with Regina being pregnant, but my mother being in her 80s, being in that high risk category, I had the same type of uh, a concern or, or anxiety, if you will, of, you know, I hope she doesn't get this thing or what would happen if she does. And in fact, it was actually something that I adjusted or adapted my life to say that, okay, if we would go on trips or if we would travel, I would say, I'm not taking my mother on this, uh, on this cruise or to this vacation or to this destination because I'm not going to put her in the way of this thing. I adjusted my entire life around this concern. And so last two weeks ago, when she contracted it, I was like, okay, Lord, all right, here we are now. Like, like we're here now. I was worried about it. I was concerned about it, but here we are. Now it's time. I had questions, but now it's time for some answers, Lord. Right. And, and so by God's grace, we were able to move her into the, uh, to, to our house, give her the best care, check the, uh, the pulse oximeter, make sure her O2 levels were good, make sure she was able to get the right treatment. Uh, to the best of our, our ability. And, and she just had a, a blessed time here at the home with us. And so now she is on the other side 
of that thing that I was concerned about for her, right? So for the last two, three years, that was like the worst thing that I could imagine for her. But now God has brought her through and on the other side, and now the the the, the gates have been opened, the, the, the windows have been lifted, if you will. And I'm at a position now where I said, okay, before I was saying, I'm not going to take her on the vacation. I'm not going to be traveling. I'm not going to expose her to that. But now that she's had it, <laughs> now that she's had it and God has brought her through, I listen, like, where are we going? Where, where, my, where you want to go to, where do you want to go? You want to go back to Jamaica, Puerto Rico? Okay. Maybe, you know, right. Where do you want to go? Cause God has brought her through. And now I know. So just as, so just as Job experienced that, he came through with a revelation. He came through with a breakthrough from God. This is what he says in Job chapter 19. Job chapter 19 and verse 25. You should write it down. It's a, it's a beautiful passage. He says this. He says, for I know. <laughs> he says, for I know. Like before I had some questions, before I had some doubts, before I wasn't sure, I had anxiety over this thing. But he says, after he's gone through it, or actually in the midst of going through it, and knowing that God is still able to keep him even in the midst of it. Some of you guys are right in the midst of your, yeah, you're in the midst of it. But Job says in the midst of, he says, for I know that my redeemer lives. He says, I know that my redeemer lives and he shall stand in the latter day upon the earth. In other words, whatever I was fearing, Whatever I was worried about, whatever I was concerned about, I know the answers now. Like God has given me the content to the questions that I've had. So fear, anxiety is living life based on the questions. Like, will I be ready to test? Can I afford to, uh, to get this resource? What happens if I fail again? All of these questions. But faith, is living life, understanding that Christ is the answer. Like faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's the content, not the questions about what if. And I said it before that it was a trick of the enemy. Remember one of the first tricks of, the, of Satan in the garden was questioning Eve, asking questions like, has God not said, don't touch it. Questions. God had already given the, the foundation, the content, but you cannot live life, guys, based off of fear, based off of anxiety, based off of unanswered questions. You have to understand that God is the answer, that he is sufficient to provide all of your needs. Like if he has given you a gift, has given you a passion, has given you a calling, you should have faith that he is able to fulfill that thing. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or think. That he's able to work things out for the good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. So what I want to tell you guys, what I've already said, is don't live your life on questions. In fact, Jesus says, you know, he says it like this. Uh, he says, take no heed. For what you shall eat, like what will I eat today, or what will I drink today? What clothing, what what clothes will I put on today? He says that when you look out in nature, that that God takes care uh, 
of the birds. God takes care of the flowers. God takes care of his creation. And so he certainly will take care of you. And so in, instead of worrying about the questions of life, where will this come from? Where will my help come from? The Bible says this. He says, Christ says this, says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And all of these things, like all of these questions that you have will be answered. Like if you understand the content of the kingdom, that it's all in God's hands and he's the one that provides, that's enough to answer any question that you have about life. And so he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. Therefore, worry not about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. There's enough cares and there's enough questions for tomorrow for you, those concerns, whether you'll be ready or not. Seek God and his righteousness. Follow his path. Understand that God is enough to fulfill the dreams, the visions that you have. And like I said, there's nothing that God won't do to save his child. And so you might be wondering, well, why is it that I'm having a, a tough time passing this exam? Maybe it's because you needed to be here tonight. Maybe it's because you needed to get something right with God in order to move forward with your advancement, with your promotion, with your next level. I mean, like God is a jealous God. I'm not going to lie to you. God is a jealous God. And so he would rather see you uh, in, a, in a position with him struggling, right, than on your own thinking that you're flying, but you're really not. Okay. So as you commit yourself to this nursing process, to the process of getting your license, I also want to encourage you guys to commit yourself to the process of getting to know God, spending some time with God, connecting with God, so that you don't live your life based on questions, but knowing that God is the answer. God bless you guys. Wow, thank That's you it. so much. That's it. Did y'all, did y'all just, if you were here, you felt, you felt what just happened. You felt what just happened. Um, we indeed heard a powerful message, a, a word from the Lord. And so um, I thank you, Mark, for being obedient to deliver it because it's not easy to deliver a message that God has given you. So I do. I, I thank you for, for just being here with us tonight because this reminder that you've given us is a very serious one. It is very serious. We are we are told not to carry worry. Mm -hmm. We are told not to be concerned, not to be anxious when you have a, a ministry and a job to be reflecting Christ's glory. And so you cannot do that. You cannot be all who God has called you to be if you are carrying your own worries and concerns. So thank you. Thank you for this word. Tell them how the story ends for Joe. I didn't tell him the end of the story. Oh, yeah. Tell him the end of the story. Listen, the Lord, after he has the conversation with Job, he blesses Job. He gives him double what he lost. He blesses him to the point where he restores him even above and beyond what he had before. And so, again, everything that God does, he doesn't make mistakes. Yeah. Everything that he allows happens to us is ultimately for his glory. So the struggles of the moment now are mm -hmm. nothing to be compared to the joys and the reward to come, guys. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen.
And, and, and so we can be confident in that. We can be confident. And I love that, you know, you don't have to be perfect to have a relationship with God. I love how real the Bible is. The, the, the stories of the Bible are real people mm-hmm. who have real struggles that we can relate to. And so we have a God who who can relate to our, our humanity, our humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, thank you guys. In fact, thank God, because the the understanding of, of Job living with questions mm-hmm. just came came tonight. Oh, like, we're going to talk about Job. Yeah. But understanding that the reason for his anxiety, the reason for that great thing that he feared is because he had questions mm-hmm. and he, everything that he was doing was in response to unanswered questions I love how God and not that. in the faith <laughs> of knowing like who God is. Yeah, not sense. yeah, not knowing the content. Right? Yeah, exactly. Of who God is. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. that's deep. That's deep. That's deep. That's deep. So listen, guys. Yeah. Tomorrow, actually, no. Let's pray. Okay. We're yeah, gonna we're gonna pray, close in pray. prayer. Who needs prayer? Who needs prayer? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna close in prayer, uh, and also tomorrow we have Winning Wednesday. We do. Yeah. We we're gonna come back. I love this. Um, you know, we've been meeting every. We've been meeting every night, right? Monday, Tuesday, tomorrow will be our, our night to meet again. And I think it's just been a good blessing for the community to Absolutely. be able to see each other so much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow night, nine o'clock. Nine Eastern. o'clock Eastern time. Set your alarm so you don't miss it. This is them. This is the one that you have to show up for because it's game night. And so you want to make sure that you're on time for the first question. For sure. And we'll try to. We'll and try also, to we're going to remember to play the uh, the bonus review. The bonus lecture. The bonus lecture from don't the V2. Forget. Don't we will not forget again, okay? All right, because we want to make sure that you get the content, guys, so that you can answer those questions. All right, let us pray. Let us let pray. Let us pray, guys. We have been together. We've been together. It's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Me too. I'm enjoying it. All right. All right. Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, being a God of answers, being a God, Lord, of um, just the God of creation, the God that created all things. Mm-hmm. And so, Lord, we know that if we can... Um, trust your word and trust your process that the questions of life the worries of life will not be enough to overtake us lord because we're just going to worry about our connection with you about uplifting your kingdom seeking your righteousness and then we're going to trust you god to add all of these things to answer all of the questions, mm-hmm. to take the test on our behalf. Lord, we thank you for the lesson that we've uh, found in this uh, in your servant Job. And Lord, we also ask that that same lesson be found within us. Mm. For we know, Lord, that you are faithful. In Jesus' name we pray. Be with the Remar nurses to this end. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much for joining us at Scary Topics Review, day number two. This was a phenomenal class. We did questions. We did uh, answers. We did content from the V2. V2. We did content from the Bible. And so that really uh, displays what Remar is and and, and who we are as people. Like the people that we are, we try to um, show the world. We try to show the world. We're real people just like you. And we want to see you be successful in the ministry of nursing yes and so anything that we can do to help you get there we're, we're happy to do so thank you so much for spending your evening with us um we love you very much and we hope to see you back tomorrow okay and if nobody has said this to you 
I believe it. You can. You, you will. And you, you must. must. Pass in class. Bye, guys.